Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. And here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson, Jace Brown, and Dawson Wise joining you on a Thursday night. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join. A lot to cover in this first hour as the baseball vols pick to finish second in the SEC East. We'll debate if they should be higher than that and talk about this year's team. As always, we'll give our best bets at the end of the hour, but we begin with this. And it's the Vols caging the Tigers at home last night. The sixth-ranked Tennessee Vols posted its second straight wire-to-wire triumph with an 88-68 decision Wednesday night against LSU. Fifth-year guard Dalton Connect paced all scores with 27 points for sixth-ranked Tennessee, who now are 17-5 and 7-2 and in the SEC, which led by as many points as 26 at a sold-out Food City Center. Junior guard Jordan Ganey scored a season-high 18 points. Round of applause for him. Yep. Great stuff. Finishing 6 of 9 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, and a perfect 3 of 3 at the line. Mm. His six made field goals tied a season-high, as did his 3 assists and 3 steals. Yep. As Zakai Ziegler concluded the evening with 17 points, a game-best 9 assists, and a career-high tying 5 steals, being a pest like we talked about, uh, the latter top mark by a volunteer in 2023 in the 24th season. The Vols also held LSU to just 24% from the three-point line. Uh, guys, your takeaways from the Vols' wire-to-wire win. Oh, I go back to what I said yesterday in our keys to the game. Number one is we took care of business. Uh, mm-hmm. I said yesterday the key was to take care of business. They did that. Uh, they set the tone early and often. Um, what a start. It's two straight games where the Vols have had just a, a, an insane start. Uh, just got all over it early. Uh, I think I think I saw the stat: thirteen points in the first two and a half minutes mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, again, after scoring double digits in the first minute and a half against Kentucky, uh, impressive stuff. Uh, you controlled the flow, you controlled the pace, you played well, you defended home court, and you took care of business in a game that you had no business uh, making a game. Uh, so that's the first one for me. Uh, the role players, they continue to get better. Every single week, uh, every single game now, it feels like they just continue to take steps forward. Uh, another one, the biggest of which being Jordan Ganey, uh, mm-hmm. his best game in Orange by far, I think. I don't think it's relatively close. Uh, Ziegler is back for sure now. Uh, he's he's right back into that role we know him to be, between 10 and 20 points a night, can go off at any point um, and really facilitates the offense well. And the last one I have is defense. Man, what a performance. Uh, locking down LSU from three, locking down the paint. They never really were able to get anything going on on either level of the offensive end. 
Uh, they they looked lost all night. Played aggressive, flew around, made plays. Excellent performance on defense by the Vols. Yeah, I was I was really impressed. Uh, not only with just Jordan Ganey on the offensive side, but the defensive side. Like you said, uh, three steals, and I mean, it felt like he was uh, just taking away any breathing room uh, that uh, his opponent had anytime he had the ball. Uh, so he he forced bad decisions. I I thought that was really awesome. Uh, also saw some early minutes uh, from Cameron Carr once again. JP Estrella also got in there. Uh, Estrella didn't score, neither did Carr, but uh, I. I felt kind of odd about Carr just a little bit the way he was just quick trigger with the ball as soon as he got it outside the arc he, he was pulling him off and I'm I'm sitting in the crowd like what are you doing man like it, it's absolutely ridiculous it was just like no offensive plan was going going the way just because every time he saw a glimpse he took it so uh might need to tweak that just a little bit I'm still kind of worried about Vescovy still not having that trigger finger like he did last year. I mean, he he had several open looks last night where he uh, you know, does that pump fake and passes it right off. So I, I think that's still something that uh, he needs to get a little bit more confident about. But overall, like you said, Dawson, all those role players stepping up. Uh, Josiah Jordan James was 3-for-3 three three from the field. Uh, d- of course, didn't take too many shots, uh, but was efficient in that. He, he put them all in. He played really good defense once again, which we've to know and love so uh really well-rounded game last night for the Vols yeah good win you know especially after what they put up last time they were at home against South Carolina uh needed to bounce back back at home um after a performance like that obviously a big win on Saturday wanted to follow that up at home and they did just that I mean came out of the gates really hot put up 50 points and a half really impressive right out of the gates um now as the game went on Right towards the end, it got a little yeah. a little dicey for a second there, but Tennessee did a really good job responding and making sure to put LSU away. Um, I, I think yesterday, um, as, as you allude to, Dawson, you know, getting more of these kind of role players involved again and, and you know, having Zakai Ziegler back as he's been in, in the new year, um, obviously that South Carolina game was a little bit of a blip, but over the course of SEC play, he's been great. Another big performance from him. Jordan Ganey was really vital last night. As we talk about, kind of that spark plug was really able to be that spark plug early on in the game and put LSU out of distance really early on. Um, 18 points, a career high for him this season. That's great. Uh, a season high, I should say, for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jonas Adu, uh, 10 points, did get beat on the glass. Um, but his production as well, just putting those 10 points in, that's kind of the, the benchmark I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Just get to 10 points, be productive, and, and that's exactly what it was. Dalton Connect returned to dominant DK, as we call him, um, and, and he was efficient, 9 of 19, um, right around 50%, 27 points, got it done, uh, picked up seven rebounds as well. I thought that was really impressive too. Um, now, LSU last night, surprisingly, had seven open shot threes, but Tennessee did a really good job um, throughout the game defending the three ball. Um, they came in shooting 45% from the um, the corner, and, and last night, this is a credit to Jordan Moore with these stats here, I uh, went two of seven in the corner last night shooting 28% um, from the top of the key, four of 16 from three. Uh, so you did a really good job defending the perimeter, which is something that we've wanted to see. Um, would like to see a decrease in those open shot opportunities, um, but still holding a team uh, to 25% up top and 28% in the corner um, it was really good. Um, good home win. You know, mm. going to A&M this weekend, 
Tough environment to play in. Really good guard play. You needed a big win. They get it done today, uh, or, or last night, I should say. Uh, I'm impressed. I thought it was a good win. Um, now let's move over to um, dominant DK. Uh, Dawn Connect. How was Connect able to fill up the stat sheet once again? Uh, to me, and again, we, we didn't really get to watch the first half in here yeah. yesterday, but going back and watching, to me it looked like he, he kind of changed his role on offense a little bit. It looks like he's more of a maestro yesterday. Mm. Just letting the offense flow through him, but maybe not necessarily being the number one option. Uh, you know, Just being able to make passes, to kick to open shooters, to, to pass in the lanes. Uh, it just looked like it. the role has evolved for him a little bit. Um, to where you know he doesn't have to carry the offense anymore. Um, our, our role guys are back, and he's able to just sit back and be like, "Oh, you're open. All right, here's the ball. Yeah. There's an assist for me. I mean, three and a half minutes in, mm-hmm. uh, two assists to Ziegler on two threes. Um, you know, stuff like that. It just felt like he was a maestro to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he he almost looked more dominant doing that than he did carrying the offense. Which, if that's the case, is terrifying for yeah. everyone else in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, flew around, made plays, career high three blocks for him last night, which is a weird stat to read. Yeah, um, two steals as well. Just it, we talk about flying around, making plays, being aggressive. Uh, you know, he's the first one to do that, mm-hmm. and, and everybody's going to follow his example. Uh, and they did that last night on home floor. He's been so much better, so much more aggressive, I think. So um, able to, to get around on both ends of the floor and really make plays. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, it kind of feels like he was sort of like a secondary ball handler besides yeah. Ziegler last night. So, I mean, whenever you're coming in averaging, what, a good 25-plus in SEC play, I mean, these teams are going to key in on you, uh, and they're going to make you their primary target. So, I mean, that only opens up passing lanes and uh, everything else for everybody around you. And whenever you're able to spread that love uh, – uh, you see what happens. We score almost 90 points at home, uh, get a 20-point uh, SEC victory. So uh, Connect being all over the place. I also found him being really aggressive on the boards last night. Yeah. Uh, followed his shot several times and was able to put it back up from under the uh, under the rim. I know he had two offensive boards, ended up with seven, like you said. So uh, I, I think him just being aggressive on that end of, uh, that end of things, I guess, uh, is something that's been – I, growing for connect as well as the three blocks like you said uh i don't think those really came against your bigger guys for lsu mm-hmm. but uh still made an impact on the defensive side it's really been cool to see like dawson said how the, how his role has evolved over these last few games well i think when you get production from ganey and and ziegler and adu and 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 josiah jordan james he had eight points as mm-hmm. well i don't want to forget to mention him and when you get pr- production from these other guys it, it strays the attention away defensively from the opposing team to, okay, now we've got to guard a couple more guys and just king in on Connect. And now when Connect finds his way, um, he's able to get it going. And mm-hmm. we see a performance like last night. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's, it's not only just important for the. For, for the other pieces to get involved just for scoring-wise, but it also helps connect because it takes the attention off of him and allows him to play a lot more free. And last night, like you said, doing a couple different things, finding finding people open, finding guys um, and getting assists. I like that as well. Um, getting some rebounds, seven of them on the night. Doing a little bit of everything, and that's great. And you want that from your best player. Um, you don't want him just to be a scorer. You want him to do some other things as well, get some other production, and that's exactly what he did. Um, now let's talk about those complimentary pieces. Ziegler, Ganey, Adu combined for 45. Um, how nice was it to see another productive night from the supporting cast after they had a great one against Kentucky? Oh, this is great. I mean, we've talked about it for weeks, how we want these guys to get back into the rotation. This team looks so much better when those guys are flowing. 
Uh, it, this this looks like a borderline unbeatable team. When those guys yeah. are all in rhythm and everybody's just kind of in flow state, everybody's hitting their shots, this team looks so good. Um, and we saw a little bit of that potential last night. Uh, I want to focus in on Ganey and then obviously the two seniors. Ganey is really molding into that spark plug guy off the yeah. bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's filling that role so nicely. Last night comes off, has 10 points in, in the first, I think, 10 or eight, ten or 12 minutes of the game mm-hmm. um, as the first man off the bench. That's awesome to see. That's what we brought him here to do. Uh, is be a, a sharpshooter that can get you some some good buckets, some big buckets, and and carry the lead, grow the lead, which he helped to do last night. And for the seniors, you need their veteran presence, uh, and they're you're only going to give you that when they're confident and playing at a high level, and they're finally doing that again. Uh, Vescovy had been doing it for a couple weeks. Uh, Josiah has finally gotten it back. I think mm. you're not going to get 25 from him every night, but what, what do you have last night? Eight or eight, ten? Had eight. Yep, three or three on. You'll the floor. take that. Yeah. You'll take that. It's a good shooting night. He played well defensively. You will take that all day because when those guys are rolling and confident, the entire team is confident, and they just look so good when those guys are all playing well. Yeah, another guy I don't think we've brought up yet, Jemai Meshack played yeah, some really good minutes last night on the defensive end. Now, granted, he had four fouls to go with it, but, I mean, uh, they, they were blowing the whistles a little bit oddly last night. Yeah. That The first half especially, I think the difference was uh, Tennessee had seven fouls called on them. LSU only had three. So a little bit of a disparity there. I think it evened up uh, towards the second half. But, yeah, Meshack jumping in with six points himself. Uh, but like you said, Jordan Ganey, definitely the standout last night, uh, was everywhere on the defensive end, finally seeing him step up on the defensive end because it feels like sometimes uh, that piece had been missing earlier this year. So seeing him step into that uh, and being able to finally down shots like he wasn't for a decent span of the season is really nice. Uh, I, I still would like to see an elevated role from Vescovy. He only played 21 minutes last night, uh, dropped in two points, uh, and missed the free throw off of the layup. So uh, I, I, th- I think him stepping more into a scoring role would be better. Now, granted, when everybody around you is hitting shots, it really don't matter that much. Uh, but I would like to see more consistency out of him. But overall, these role players, uh, James Ziegler finally stepping back up. Uh, one, The one knack that I did have, like you said, Adu not being aggressive on the rebounds. This team got out-rebounded 40-26 to 26 last mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Uh, that's not something you can really roll over into SEC play that much. No. Um, y'all know those videos on Instagram and TikTok, like the satisfactory feed ones, mm-hmm. like the satisfying videos? <laughs> That's what it was last night, getting yeah. these guys uh, to be productive. It yeah. was satisfying. It was awesome. Watching Jordan Ganey drill uh, multiple threes early on in the game. Uh, um, watching Ziegler play the way we know he's capable of. It was satisfying. It was awesome. And you need that night in and night out, especially if you want this team to go where many people, including us, think this team could go long term. Um, you need those productions night in and night out. Doesn't have to be from Ganey, Adu, Ziegler every night. We'd love to see Viscovi get involved. We'd love to see Josiah Jordan James repeat what he did at Kentucky again. Just the collection. You know, it, it doesn't take just the same three. It can be a mixture of them. And I think uh, if you continue that, that goes a long way, especially in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's talk about defense. Uh, the Vols held LSU to 6 of 25 shooting from the three-point line. Also forced 25 points off turnovers from LSU. How important was the Vols' perimeter defense? Crucial. Uh, you and Max covered it yesterday That then said that LSU was going to try to beat us from outside. Yeah. Uh, they are such a great three-point shooting team. So to hold them to, was it 6-for-25 on yeah, the night? Yeah, 6-for-25. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. I, I mean, I did not expect that. I figured, no. you know, maybe you hold them a little bit, just contain it. But, man, dominance on the perimeter. Uh, and that's 6-for-25 with seven open looks, yeah. by the way. It's not like, you know, you held them to two, three open looks. That's with seven. Uh, it, it's incredibly impressive. It just they follow the formula at home. 
um, on defense a lot, just being aggressive, closing out, making guys uncomfortable. You saw them do it with Florida. You saw them do it with Mark Sears in Alabama. You see them do it again last night with LSU, and, and it really worked. We wanted consistency. We get it. That's a couple mm-hmm. games in a row. I think the Vols played really good defense. I think they played pretty good defense on Saturday at Rupp, for mm-hmm. all things yeah. considered, um, and they, they really locked it down against LSU. Um, and I look forward to seeing if they can keep it going, keep the rhythm going into a weekend matchup with a and Oh, yeah, and I mean, it, whenever you take into account just the amount of threes that LSU put up, I, I think that speaks even more to how good it was. I mean, you're yeah. missing, there's no reason a team should be taking – I mean, 25 shots from three and missing 19, that's really not what you want to do if you want to be a successful team. So being able to stop a team like that that's been so good from outside this year uh, and hold them to just six of them. Now, granted, they did hit some contested ones, but there's really not much you can do about that. That's kind of what the story was in Rupp Arena last weekend. So uh, being able to pull away from that uh, and work your offense around the success of your defense, like whenever Vescovy was going out of bounds at the the behind-the-back pass that leads to a – uh, Jordan Ganey layup wide open on the other end. Uh, I mean, defense does turn into offense, it feels like. Right. Yeah, you know, one thing that we talked about yesterday was Ziegler was being that pest again like he was in the Kentucky game. Last night gets a career-high tying five steals. Really important. And those steals and those turnovers from LSU resulted in points, 25 of for yeah. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's how you pull away in any game. Uh, let alone a really nice shooting night for Tennessee. But getting 25 points off turnovers is crucial. They were able to do that last night. Going on the perimeter now, yesterday we talked about how LSU shoots 10% better than the average D1 team in the corner, shooting 45% on the year. Last night you hold them to 25% um, in the corner. That's really big. Also up top they struggled as well. So making things uncomfortable for them. And they had a couple open ones they just miss. You bank on that. You get lucky there. Um, But them being uncomfortable, I think, was one thing that you kind of saw all night. Never were really able to get in rhythm. And as a home team, that's something you're trying to create. You're trying to make Mm -hmm. the opposing team coming into your place uncomfortable. Don't let them get on rhythm, and that's exactly what they did last night. Um, So Joe Lenardi, and we've done our bracketology here recently, um, Joe Lenardi slated the Vols at a number one seed, the lowest of the four, but now creeps up into the number one seeds um, after uh, Kansas falls to Kansas State earlier in the week. The Vols get another wire-to-wire win. Uh, reactions to a number one seed at the moment. I know we got time left. but uh, uh, Well, it's deserved, first yeah. of all. I think mm-hmm. this is a, a number one seed-worthy team. But beyond that, we talked a little bit yesterday uh, about you need to win these kinds of games because yes. these other teams are going to lose. Yes. They're helping mm-hmm. you out. You know, we see North Carolina fall last week. We see Kansas fall last week. We see Houston fall last week. you got to take advantage of that. You failed to against South Carolina. I think that was our first opportunity to jump mm-hmm. to a one mm-hmm. seed with a couple of those teams losing. That was your opportunity. Now you get another one against LSU. You take advantage. Now you're in the driver's seat. Yep. You are, you have, you've taken that spot now. You're not seeing that from behind. You're not chasing that anymore. You control it now mm-hmm. uh, since you're up in that one seed conversation. Now, Lenardi is not the selection committee. No. But – we often see that the bracketology works out pretty close yes. to what he puts out throughout the year. So you're in the driver's seat now. you got an opportunity to keep taking care of business, win a couple big games, and you'll get that spot that you deserve. Yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely up to taking care of business, like you said. Um, you got you got to put it in the fate of other people. I mean, yeah. if, if you can take control of every game here on out, which you do have the ability to uh, with the remaining schedule, uh, barring you know a Kentucky coming to town, that'll be a fun one, uh, and on the road at Alabama again uh, – 
uh, should be another close one. But beyond that, I mean, there, there's no reason that uh, you you shouldn't control your own destiny at this point. I mean, if you can take care of business there, Arizona's probably going to drop a couple more the way that they've been playing. Uh, you know, North Carolina's still got the tough ACC. There's always going to be some rinky-dink team come in mm-hmm. uh, and win like Clemson did earlier this week. So uh, things like that do happen, and you just got to make sure that it doesn't happen to you. Yeah, much deserved in my opinion. I'm surprised that they were slid as the worst second seed on mm. uh, on Monday, yeah. and now they move up to a one seat. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, let's head to the phones, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in. We've got Bruce on the line. What's up, Bruce? Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. Hey, uh, y'all do uh, such a great job. I had all things uh, – I had four or five things to talk about, and uh, y'all have already hit on most of them. Uh, but uh, w- one thing that uh, – I wanted to bring up, and, and I wanted to praise uh, Coach Barnes uh, for the the bench and the deep bench that he has, uh, and uh, how that shows on, on on the on the court. I mean, I think we have eight or nine, you know, the eight or nine people. So that'd be uh, you got four people that are on the bench that could really probably start for another uh uh conference team sure uh so i want to praise him for that but also uh it's interesting you can't uh so i was able to make it to the game last night and uh in addition i i was able to grab a a floor seat so Mm. i had good seats uh close to the floor uh but some of the things you can't see on tv and uh one of them is the way rick barnes uh coaches and uh, it's interesting to see how he rides uh, DK the entire game. And uh, at one point, uh, he pulled him out of the game because he missed a shot, or actually he took a poor three-shot. Uh, and uh, you-, you could see Rick Barnes just go, what would you do that for? And he made him sit down. So I, I just want to praise Rick Barnes for that. And in addition, some of the things you can't see is uh, – like uh, Scovey, he, he uh, offensively did not have a good game. Uh, but Rick Barnes put him back in the game uh, just so he could get his two. I mean, and then when he gets his two, he basically takes him out and puts Ganey back in. So I, I think that's interesting. But uh, I guess a question is, uh, of the group that we have uh, right now, who, who's coming back uh, and, and, and do we have any early commitments uh, from um, from the high school level or or, or, or other. Uh, well, real quick, let's uh, touch on you know Don Connect and, and Rick Barnes and, and Viscovi, like you were talking about. Uh, first off, I think you know I think Barnes rides Connect because he knows how special he is. Yeah. And uh, every great coach knows how to get the best out of his players. Um, so continuing to kind of, I guess, give him a little boost or, or give him some criticism, things he can work on, I think goes a long way and make sure that he knows that, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm a really special player, but I'm not above the rest of these guys on this team. I don't not deserve criticism for what I do. So um, I, I think that's really good. And that's Barnes just being a, a Hall of Fame level coach and, that he is and, and knowing that, hey, I've got special players, but I need to make sure I'm continuing to push them to the level they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, in Viscovi's case, you know, I think sticking them in and out of the game is just making sure that Viscovi knows that Barnes is still confident in him yeah. and that, you know, in a situation down the road where he needs him 
that he still has that confidence because he's being inserted in the games and still having an opportunity to make an impact. Um, so when you're thinking about next year's team, um, your guards are going to consist of Zakai Ziegler, um, Freddie DeLone if he comes back, um, and then Boswell, one of the recruits coming out of high school, uh, Bishop Boswell, correct? I think yeah, so. Yeah, Bishop so Boswell. Right. Um, and he's from North Carolina, Myers Park. Mm. Um, so he'll probably be the, the, the three um, out of that point guard group. And then you got Ganey returning, and then you'll have Cameron Carr. Yeah, um, and, and shooting guard. And then Mayshack would be one of your uh, threes. And then down low, you have Awaka, Phillips, Adu, Estrella. So you return a lot of production. Yeah. Um, but I think you also, like you saw this year, have to hit the portal. Every team in, in college basketball is hitting the portal. And now with having success in a guy like Dalton Connect, I think it's a really easy pitch. Hey, you know, we pulled one of the talent, most talented guys out of the portal last year. And, oh, yeah, he's averaging uh, 28 points, 29 points in SEC play this year. So if you think you're good enough to do that, then come on over here. I think it's a great pitch, and I think um, – we're turning a lot of key guys like Adu, like Awaka, like Zakai Ziegler, um, some of your glue guys, guys that have been here for a while. Um, I think that's very important for um, to rebound and, and even continue the success you had this year. And there's still so much season left. You have no idea where this, this team could be later on. Um, you'll have two scholarship players available. Um, you probably need to get two more dynamic scores, guys like Connect that can get the ball and make a play, um, and, and definitely need to add some shooters as well. But I think you got pretty solid depth, um, just filling a couple holes, and I think this is still a good team next year. Guys, anything to add? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, so, I mean, uh, as you look at the game last night, I mean, you guys hit uh, most all the, the, the bullet points. I mean, Ziegler – the ball game, uh, you know, we, we, early in the year we were talking about uh, uh, Connect uh, and, and what an impact he has. But last night you could see an example of uh, the way the offense flows when Ziegler is, is himself. And, uh, and then a, a guy that, you know, you've already uh, touched on, but Ganey, Ganey has uh, improved dramatically from the, the first month of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a big plus. I mean, he was popping threes last night. Uh, I'm not sure he missed. Uh, I don't know his percentage, but I know it was pretty high. Yeah, he went. Uh, uh, and then another guy, yeah. you, you really can't. He doesn't get a whole lot of credit because he doesn't score a whole lot of points. But Mayshack, Mayshack is really coming on and, and trying extra hard. He, he wants to get uh, some, some extra minutes. So I, I, I think that's a big plus as well. Yeah, I, th- I think Mayshack's defense adds another level to that to that perimeter defense that we were talking about earlier. Uh, Ganey season high, 18 points, finishing 6 of 9 from the field, 3 of 6 on three-pointers last night. Perfect 3 of 3 from the line. Uh, a great night from him. Um, well, Bruce, we appreciate your call. We've got to hit a quick break real quick, but thank you so much for calling in. Okay, thank you. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about the baseballs picked to finish second in the SEC East. We'll talk about it and take your calls on the other side. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach 
with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. It's time for the North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. Brought to you by North Knox Siding and Windows. Call 865-689-0505 or visit them online at northknocksidingandwindows.com. This week's North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week is Webb High School's Drake Ingram. Ingram led the Spartans to a win in a big rivalry game 65-52 over Catholic last week. The senior guard led the way for Webb with 22 points as the Spartans improved to 20-4 on the season. Webb School of Knoxville's Drake Ingram this week's North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. North Knox Siding and Windows, locally owned and operated. They can handle all of your siding, window, gutter, and roofing needs. Call 865-689-0505 for a free estimate or go online at northknocksidingandwindows.com. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz a compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like with 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice-activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes, or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey Mercedes, this vehicle's all electric, the feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer or learn more at MBUSA.com EQB. That's MBUSA.com EQB. Rev up your savings at Volunteer Auto Group, your one-stop destination for quality vehicles at an unbeatable price. Cruise through their vast selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. They've got the flexible financing options that make it easy for you to drive home today. Volunteer Auto Group, where every deal's a winner. And tomorrow, you can go check out the drive live at 
Volunteer Auto Group, 1501 Callahan Drive. Make sure to go Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. The drive will be there. Make sure to go check it out. All right, let's head back to the phones. We've got Roberto on the line. What's up, Roberto? I'll try to keep the tersities at a minimum today, guys. Uh, you're good. You're uh, good. I did look it up. You can say that on the radio. Well, I, well, hey, I, 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 I'm sure you can't. I just, I hear from my bosses. I, I, I can't. Hey, no, 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 no. But it is, it is at the discretion of of the radio station. So I'm sorry for that. That's uh, all my good. Apologies to all you good. Your audience. All good. No worries. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I had an FCC violated, and I had not. So good. <laughs> well, I, there you I, go. I would have paid the fine. I was actually like, oh, crap, I gotta pay a fine though. We appreciate uh, it. I'm a man who stands by his words, and I still meant those, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and to, to to summate my thought last night, those guys are so arrogant in that NCAA office that they're stupid enough to try to adjudicate this against Tennessee. Oh, you yeah. realize that, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're so dumb. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the guy, <laughs> the most qualified guy to be the chair of the NCAA in this whole argument is Danny White. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's had his he, he had a really well worded, strongly worded uh, statement he put out as well. And he's a smart guy. He's been around the block. How about this, all three of the people from Tennessee side that are involved that have made statements are all more qualified than anybody the NCAA is going to put out there for themselves or for their litigation team. Yeah, Tennessee is going to win, and all these morons in other fan bases that want to see us burn for it are idiots. No, no, because if we lose. Everyone loses. And I don't think that's what these, these you know, flack-jawed yokels from other fan bases don't understand. I think mostly <laughs> the people that are educated from other fan bases understand that we need to win, and if we win, everybody wins. And I love right. that Tennessee is the, is the recipient of that. Like, we've been crapped on for so long. Yeah, that we're the ones standing up to it, and we're gonna we're gonna be the school that's recognized in twenty five years as the school that killed the NCAA. Yeah, well, you know, you talked about it yesterday. You know, they keep on kind of picking on Tennessee over and over again, trying to hit because them. we have a brand. Yeah, exactly. One of the biggest brands keep on picking on them, and they're doing the same with Michigan. You know, one of their biggest brands. I guess they're trying to set an example. Um, but you know, Tennessee was fully prepared to clap back, and and that's exactly what they did. And I'm proud. I'm proud to be a Tennessee fan for that very reason. Exactly. Um, of course, I'm pretty anti-establishment, as it were. Anyways, sure. I take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, additionally, this Dalton Connect stuff, guys. I said it. I've said it a lot, and I, I don't think I've said it to you guys. So I'm, you know, I'm going to beat a dead horse, you know, efficiently at this point. <laughs> but um, Dalton Connect. I hope. My hope is that we get a reverse Peyton Manning here that everybody just gets so sick of Zach Eady and his stupid name and his stupid face and his stupid forehead. See, also Peyton Manning. And, <laughs> and we get a reverse Peyton Manning effect where connect is Charles Woodson. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're going there. Yeah. And, and the other is, unlike the Big Ten, back then the Big Ten was the SEC darling, mm-hmm. right? Or the, I'm sorry, the, the SPN darling. The SEC is now the ESPN darling. Oh, yeah. They want our players to mm-hmm. get recognition. Yeah, right. It builds their brand. Sure. And and frankly, they have a larger push and a larger swath than Fox does right now. Mm-hmm. And Fox is the ones carrying you know the Big Ten stuff mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah. Uh, I guess they get some CBS love, but you know where I'm going. You see where I'm going yes, here? Yes, I do. I think we're going to be the recipient. Of the reverse, as long as Connect has to go off twice, though. And he's got to go off big time. Like, two 40-point games. And if he does, 
you, you watch him. He'll ascend to that player of the year. He'll be he'll be instead of plus two thousand. I know he got up to like plus fifteen hundred last week. He'll he'll sit around like plus five hundred really soon if that happens. I think you also watch. need to bank on Edie and Purdue losing a game. That's a tough ask, but you know if if they lose, um, then that helps. Well, he you played out. awful on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he struggled, and and they were still able to figure out a way to win. Um, but you know, because they're really really good. Yeah. Oh, and they are. Oh, and they are. They are good. And they 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 have a guy. Uh, now I'm forgetting his name. They have a guard. I mean, sorry, I forgot his name. I just blanked. I apologize, guys. No, you're good. But they, I mean, they've got a guard that could start for just any team in the country. I mean, he's legit. He, they they would go. We had this argument on our podcast the other night or our spaces that we said that Purdue, if he left their team, their seating would probably their their distance seating would probably get around a sixteen. But it's Purdue, so it probably goes down to 32, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Dalton Connect less Tennessee, we go from a Final Four team to probably uh, out in the first weekend. Team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lance Jones, I think, might be the name you're looking for on Purdue. That, thank you, Lance Jones. That's who I was looking for. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. Dalton Connect, I'd love to get it on your baseball chat. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a segment. It sounds like I'm a segment too early for that. No, you're good. Um, but, um, you know, I am so excited about this baseball team. Oh, yeah. Because uh, um, here's the deal. I mean, LSU proved it last year. LSU had one and a half pitchers and won a national – one and a half, mm-hmm. and they won a national championship. Yeah. And their one, he was probably the best. No, he was. He was. Right? He was, he was very good. By far yeah, the best. Bar none. Yeah. And, I mean, it was guaranteed win if that guy stepped on the mound. So they knew yeah. they were going to get one. But then they got a bunch of guys who just kind of ragtagged it. They had a that fat guy, uh, the lefty that Tommy I can't Tanks? stand. That look, yeah, no, 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 not the hitter. The, the, the pitcher. That, that, oh, I know oh, exactly oh, who you're talking about. The, the guy they brought in against like us. Like, yeah, yeah, that kept gra- following like Leonard himself Skinner. on national television. Yeah, should, should not have been able to pitch um, like he was. Yeah, but I mean, he kept gesticulating. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he was a goober, man. I mean, I literally, I'm 43, and I throw harder than he does. Think about that. And they strung it together, and he was able. They were able to win a national championship because they yep. can hit the ever-loving crap out of a baseball. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is who we are now. We're that yeah. team, and we have a launching pad stadium. As long as Drew Beam can keep the ball down this year, and we can find one more guy, just one more guy, and I think we have him out there. Um, uh, and and I'll, I'll get into that some other time. But I think, uh, and A.J. Russell is the guy I think it is, but I think Tennessee can win a national championship in baseball. How crazy is it, guys? We're sitting here, I forget what day, is the 8th? Of February, yep. yes. and we're legitimately talking about the University of Tennessee having a shot to win the baseball national championship, the basketball national championship, and play in a football playoff, which yeah. immediately yeah. means you're a contender for a national championship. Yeah. Danny White, as much as I don't like his smug arrogance, I kind of love it because he's our guy. Yeah. It's like it's like Osama bin Laden, right? He may be an sob, but he's our sob. I That's would, I would, I would up. maybe pertain that maybe towards LeBron James. I mean, it's a guy that everybody hates playing against, but you got him. You got to love Christian Leitner. Him, there you go. There's one. There's one. There's Christian Leitner. Yeah. Danny White is our Christian Leitner. There's a Duke. There's a Duke uh, buying, uh, tie there. So yeah, that's where I'm at, and I love it. I love that we're the bad guys, and we're smarter than you, yeah, and we're I better than that. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for the call, Roberto. Christian Leitner is Danny White. I like that comparison. I like that one. Yeah, maybe we'll get a documentary soon. Uh, I hate Danny White. I hate Danny White. <laughs> <laughs> and ESPN 30 for 30 presents 30 for 30. I Hate Danny White. All right, um, let's talk about someone we like, and that's the baseball Vols and how they picked up mm. a finish, a second-place finish in the um, preseason um, polls and what will be the final year of divisions in the Southeastern Conference for baseball. Tennessee was picked to finish second in the Eastern Division in the 2024 preseason coaches poll. The Volunteers also had three players named to the preseason All-SEC team and starting pitcher Drew Beam along with infielders Christian Moore and Billy Amick. Uh, UT's three selections are the second most in the league behind Florida's five. Mm. Uh, the Gators were also the only team to finish ahead of the Big Orange in the Eastern Division preseason standings, earning 88 points and 11 first-place votes. Tennessee earned 75 points, two first-place votes to win the Eastern Division, uh, finishing just two points ahead of in-state rival Vanderbilt, who also garnered a first-place vote. Second place, is that a fair prediction? Yeah, uh, Florida's loaded. Uh, yeah. They bring back Jack Haley, known to headline a, an MLB full roster. Like They're going to have several guys drafted next year. Uh, yeah. That team is completely loaded. Uh, I think it's fair to be right behind them. There's still some unproven pieces on, on the Tennessee roster. I mm-hmm. think that's probably what factored into it. Uh, just a little bit of turnover. You know, you lose Chase Dolander. Yeah. Burns goes to the portal. Yep. You know, lose a few guys off the infield. Okay, mm-hmm. well, then I can understand it. Uh, now, the Vols still will have an excellent returning group. This is a really great returning core, a yeah. young core at that. Yes. Uh, that's, that's obviously headlined by Beam and Burke and those guys, Christian Moore, that we're used to seeing by now. Uh, but they also bring in the number three transfer class in the country this year, mm-hmm. number 11 freshman class in the country this year. So you filled back up on the depth as well. Uh, we talked about Amick, uh, Cannon Peebles as well yes. fills uh, a gap at catcher. I love Charlie Taylor. I really do. But he was not your long-term option. No. Um, Cannon Peebles is going to be a monster behind the plate mm-hmm. uh, in terms of his fielding, in terms of his calling a game, and in terms of his hitting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that goes with Ariel Antigua as well, though he's going to miss the start of the season yeah. with a hand injury. Uh, when he gets in the lineup, uh, I think he's going to be very good as well. So it's it's fair to say second. Uh, now that may change when we actually get to see them play. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that really kept them from maybe punching up towards Florida is the pitching ro- pitching yeah. staff right now. I think that's the most thin part of this team because, I mean, you look up and down the lineup, there's heavy hitters in, in the batting rotation. Uh, I mean, you just take in guys like Dylan Dryling and Kavaris Tears that were just kind of rinky-dink thrown in there, and they were making plays when they needed to. Uh, so, you know, we lost a couple big pieces in the – in the bats, but got them right back. It feels like biggest question uh, is how far can Drew Beam take this team? We might see Xander uh, Seacrest get on uh, the weekend rotation as well. We're gonna see how that goes with the guy that can throw like a hundred pitches. It feels like uh, in his arsenal. So that's the biggest thing that keeps them from being up there towards Florida. But uh, second place is fair. Florida's got a really nice staff uh, on the offensive and defensive side of th- things. There we go. Uh, so so I think it should be a very comfortable second place vote yeah i think second place is fair florida as you said is loaded and and they've got a very talented group from top to bottom a lot of pros on that team Um, but i think as you said you did well in the portal did well in high school recruiting you were bring back some key players from last year i think tennessee is looking in the right direction Uh, just don't have the uh, returning strength that florida has so i think second place is fair Um, but now we talk about you know out of the three All-SEC team candidates we have, who do you think will be the biggest impact for the Vols on the diamond? Could be a tough one here. Yeah, I think you could make an argument for Drew Beam, uh, obviously being the, the top guy out of the out of the pitching staff. I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say Billy Amick. Okay. Uh, you bring in a 
big bat, a big bat. Hit 413 at Clemson last year, uh, 464 on base percentage. The big thing for me that he brings to the top of the lineup is he does not strike out a lot. Only mm-hmm. 19% of his at-bats mm-hmm. last season were strikeouts. He finds his way on base. He had 13 home runs, slugged 772, uh, which are really, really great numbers. Uh, and with Zane Denton being unknown in that spot, mm-hmm. you needed someone to come in that you could guarantee would play. That's going to be Billy Amick. Uh, his bat is great. His glove is great as well. He was Clemson's resident first baseman, yeah. mm-hmm. at least when Grice was not on the mound. Grice took that spot after he came off the mound in those games that he started. Um, but you know, coming off a breakout season for him, he's seen postseason play already. Mm-hmm. He's seen big conference play already. The ACC is, is a good baseball conference. Mm-hmm. So he's seen the big bright lights already. He comes in now to a conference that's going to be the best in the country, I would say, yes. top to bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and he's seen the big moments. He's got a big bat. He's got a nice glove. He's going to be a great mm-hmm. piece uh, for the Vols on the infield. I I'm probably am going to make the argument for Drew Beam here just, just because of his role right now. Uh, he, he's got a bunch of younger guys behind him. He's got some depth in the uh, in the bullpen, of course. He's still got uh, Kirby Cannell who can come in and throw strikes, get people out when you need him to, but that's not a guy you can really rely on. Uh, and, I mean, th- this is a team that's bringing in uh, transfers, you know, uh, Nate Sneed out of Wichita State. Yeah. He, he's a he's a flamethrower out there, uh, as well as A.J. Causey out of Jacksonville State. Mm-hmm. So yep. both of those guys might see themselves in the rotation a little bit this year. Uh, but whenever you take away Chase Dolander, Chase Burns, uh, Andrew Lindsay, one of my old classmates, uh, who ended up being the Friday guy for the second half of the year and really made a push there, and of course, you're without Camden Sewell. Uh, he's not in there, yeah. so I, I think uh, him being the statement guy for that uh, pitching staff, I think that's going to be taking uh, more of an effect uh, than just about anybody else on the field. Uh, to me, I'm going to go Christian uh, Christian Moore. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, first full season uh, uh, playing. Um, and big minutes, and he was really impactful. Uh, 66 runs scored, 129 total bases, um, .44 um, on base percentage, 16 stolen bases as well, 17 home runs, 50 RBIs. I think his offense is very important, especially coming off um, a, a really good season Absolutely. last year. Um, with, with a lot of new pieces on this team, you need the offense to be consistent. I think Christian Moore offers you mm-hmm. that. Um Let's talk about a guy that did not make the All-SEC list that Vols fans should watch out for this season. I've got two real quick. Uh, one is Ariel Antigua. He's going to be the pro- prospective starter at short mm-hmm. unless more slides to short in which they'll put Antigua at second. Great glove. Uh, pretty much known for his glove out of high school, but can hit the ball as well. Impressed in fall ball. Uh, was really great as a freshman, especially to come in against college pitching. Uh, and really impressed. Went three for five in the last fall ball game. Mm. Uh, he's going to be a staple when he gets back from injury. I uh, cannot wait to see how he fills the gap left at short uh, by, by Maui Ahuna. I cannot wait to see what, what we get out of him, so watch for him. The second one for me is Wyatt Evans. Mm. He had to miss 2023 because of an injury. Uh, again, impressed in fall ball. Uh, Three-inning shutout, no-hit effort in their final game of fall ball. Uh, he's going to be a great piece out of the bullpen, and you can move him around. Maybe he's a rotation guy. Maybe he's a guy out of the bullpen in a big SEC series. Uh, he's going to be crucial. You're going to need that bullpen to work, playing in a conference like this, and be able to make a run in the College World Series. You need those bullpen guys mm-hmm. to be good. 
good. You need flexible pitching. Wyatt Evans. Yeah, I've, I've got one written down. Uh, I've got Hunter Inslee, uh, resident center fielder from last year. Yeah. Had a decent uh, year at the plate last year. I, I think he batted around 280, 285, something like that from the leadoff spot for the most part. Uh, was really sturdy on defense. He, he was pretty rangy in the outfield, making plays when you needed it. So uh, him, him being sort of that cornerstone in the outfield is something I'm really looking forward to, uh, especially when you take how Drew Beam has pitched over these last couple years. I mean, he does well, but he gives up some hits and some homers at that. So uh, if, if he can tone that down a little bit and uh, Hunter Inslee can make an impact on that side, uh, I think that will roll over to the offensive side as well. I think Hunter Inslee can make a really big impact for this team. Uh, for me, going on the theme of offense, it's Blake Burke, another mm-hmm. guy that was really big um, in the postseason last year against Stanford, against Clemson. Um, you know, just just making an impact offensively. And I think again, once I said earlier with Christian Moore, you know, a lot of new pieces on this team you need offense, and your veterans, your guys that have been here for a while, to pick up the slack and be consistent early on in the season. I look for that from Burke. Um, and when we come back, we'll give our best bets of the night. Stay right here on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? Then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics. Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit axelogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axel Logistics, now is your time. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GainBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GainBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at GainBridge.io. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. 
Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Back here on Overtime on a Thursday night. Thank you so much for joining us. It's now time for our best bets of the night. And I'll begin with my first one, and it's Utah plus 5.5 against Arizona on the road. Uh, or Yes, at excuse me, at Utah, I should mm. say, um, to clarify. Um, this game, earlier in the season, these two teams played 92-73 to Arizona win. Um, but the box score was a little misleading. Utah shot 10 of 35 from three, and this is a team that shoots 38% on the season. This team can get it going and get it going for a long time. I, I've bet on them a couple of times this year. Uh, one of them was when they played UCLA, and they beat them by 46. Um, so this team has the ability to get hot, and they're getting five and a half points at home to an Arizona team that has lost to Stanford on the road, has lost to Oregon State on the road, and has lost to California on the road. They're not the same team, um, and I, I think Utah here is in a really Really good spot at home, especially if they shoot the three ball well. Give me the Utes plus five and a half. I looked really hard at that one. I'm not going to lie, uh, just because of Arizona's history. But I'm going to FAU minus five and a half on the road at UAB. The Owls are very good. Uh, it's a very fun basketball team to watch too, led by John L. Davis. They go on the road to a UAB team they beat by double digits at home. This is the second meeting now in conference play. Uh, the Owls scoring 84 a game, giving up 71. UAB scoring 77, giving up 76. Does not bode well for the Bulls even in their home arena, I like FAU to cover 5.5. I have also got Utah plus 5.5 against Arizona. Like you said, uh, Arizona has been kind of iffy on the road this year, uh, and you know Utah's coming off of a, a win at home against a not-so-great Colorado team, but uh, you know, like it's just falling on Arizona. It kind of feels like they're a little lost for words right now. It's like they'll win a big one, then lose a weird one on the road, and I feel like that could happen again tonight. Uh, I've got written down in my notes, I think Arizona still can win. I just think this might be just like a come down to the wire type of game, but I will ride with Utah plus five and a half. All right, my next one is Oregon minus eight and a half. Now, this team is struggling as of late, losing four of their past six. Um, freshman Jackson uh, Shellstad, um, who is really good in non conference play, has kind of hit a wall here, um, but you look for him to bounce back at, at home tonight. This, this team shoots 37% from three. Um, this offense is kind of three point oriented, and they run through big man uh, Nafali Dante, who's been really, really good for them. Um, this line has moved a fair amount. Start off at six and a half. Now you're laying eight and a half. I like the movement there. I like them playing at home. Washington's been hot and cold as well. Um, so I like Oregon in this one at home, minus eight and a half. Those are my two best bets. Uh, going to the NBA, the first of mine, a little bit worse looking now, but I took the Knicks plus three and a half at home against Dallas. Uh, I did not yet have the news that we got from Wojnarowski about an hour ago that OG Ananobi is going to be having surgery yes. mm. on his arm. I still like them plus three and a half. They do trade for Boyan Bogdanovich. You mentioned him yesterday in our deadline talk, yes. William. They go get him. So another good move for the Knicks. That's a really, really good-looking team now, especially yeah. acquiring him. That's that's a scary team. I still like them plus three and a half as home dogs against a Dallas team that didn't do much at the mm -hmm. deadline, even though we said they should. They don't. Um, so I, I like the Knicks at home as dogs. So tonight I've got Lakers money line against the Nuggets. Now, granted, this one might be a little bit controversial. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, the, they were on a five uh, on a five game road road stretch, and they won their last three. Uh, and you know, one of them came against the Celtics, a really nice team. Uh, I think they also beat the Knicks on the road as well. So them rounding out that uh, with two big wins on the road is pretty nice. Uh, and it's Kobe night. Kobe statue oh, night tonight. Yeah. So I I don't really want this team to lose at home on Kobe night. I'm riding with the Lakers, my team, money line. Keep Can't in mind, they're also wearing the uh, the Mamba, the Mamba oh, jersey. Which got that. the heart so, with the two. You cannot you lose, lose this one. So awesome. Put the house on it. Man, I, I want to. I, I looked at it earlier. <laughs> I, I've kind of stayed away from NBA betting, but I'll, I'll almost oh, took I almost took it because it. <laughs> it's just the night it is. Yeah, Any more yeah. bets for you? Yeah, one more for me, just real quick. Bucks minus one and a half at home. A bounce back on the back end of a uh, uh, two and two. Uh, they lose to Phoenix last night on the road. A tough loss against a good Phoenix team. I uh, got a chance to rebound now. T Wolves are good, uh, but I think the Bucks are hitting their stride with mm-hmm. Doc Rivers. So I like them minus one and a half at home. I also have, uh, granted, it was before I knew that the Suns had given away their whole bench, it feels like, <sighs> minus six and a half at home against the Jazz. I mean, they won four of the last five. They're on a little bit of a roll. Jazz, uh, Jazz have won two straight against two good teams in the Thunder and the Bucks. but uh, I, I think the Suns can still take care of it at home. Uh, I've got them minus six and a half. All right, those are our best bets of the night. Utah plus five and a half for me. Oregon minus eight and a half for me as well. Dawson, you're three. FAU minus five and a half, Knicks plus three and a half, Bucks minus one and a half. And I've got Utah plus five and a half, Lakers money line, and Suns minus six and a half. All right, stay right here on Overtime. We'll talk about Mahomes' superpower and talk about the NBA trade deadline. Stay right here on Overtime.